0: Uh, welcome to Call and Shots. This is Seth Partnow. It is a pre-recorded episode this time uh, because I am currently, if you're listening to this shortly after it comes out, I'm currently in the UK for the Stats Bomb Conference. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, NBA editor of Heavy.com and author of several books, including the upcoming The History of the NBA in 12 Games from 24 Seconds to 30,000 Three-Pointers, uh, Sean Devaney. Sean, how are you doing?
1: I'm oh, great, Seth. Uh, I hope you're enjoying uh, uh, England uh, when this actually comes up.
0: Uh, you know, if if basically if I've managed to get off the plane while the funeral is happening, which is I'm uh, I'm scheduled to arrive shortly before those festivities. So oh, gosh. yeah, it's uh, there's it's it's funny. We um, not to digress, but uh, our head of marketing was in a mild panic because our conference is scheduled for Tuesday the twentieth, and there was. Well, what if the funeral is that day and an international holiday? Oh, boy, because uh, yeah. plenty of conferences is kind of a to-do. Um, but we, we, you know, small, you know, small benefit, missed that a little bit. So anyway, yeah, yeah. N- enough about that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get kind of a, a, a preview copy of the book because uh, uh, your publisher asked if I would and, and, and would blurb it. And I, I got to say, I, I super enjoyed it. This is, um, I'm a big fan of this, of, of sort of history in, in this, in this format. Uh, I don't know if you've read it, but one of my favorite history books I've ever read is Tom Standage's History of the World in Six Glasses. Um, yeah, yes. and I, first of all, was that, have, have you read that? And that was that a little bit of a, of an inspiration?
1: uh no that i, I haven't read it. i know, i know the book uh, uh but i haven't actually read it but uh uh yeah you know certainly to to, to break down uh you know a a league that's been around for seventy five years um you know to look at certain games along the way uh that that helped change the game uh and helped define it when it when it was uh when the game took place but also had ramifications after you know that was that was the main idea and 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 certainly that book does that uh as well
0: um so how did you how did the idea for the book come about and and did you first of all how did you decide to write an nba history book how did you decide to write in this format and perhaps most importantly how did you decide which games to include
1: yeah you know so um I do feel like there's not a lot said about uh about NBA history that if you look there's there's a lot of books about baseball history. Uh baseball fans uh probably love the, the, the history as much as as much as what's happening now, maybe even more so in these days. Uh but you know, you know, and, and, and you get a lot of NFL history books, but uh the NBA I think gets short shrift in terms of its history. Um and so I always wanted to kind of get into that a little bit more. I've done uh you know some other history books uh, like I said, baseball, and I've done some NFL stuff as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've always felt like the NBA didn't get enough uh, attention for, for its own history. So, uh, yeah, I really wanted to do that. Um, you know, picking the games was was tough because I wanted to avoid – uh, you know, just picking sort of the iconic games, you know, the, uh, the NBA, the triple overtime uh NBA Phoenix Suns uh, Celtics game. You know, like that's a great game, obviously, and it's a uh, it's a memorable game. But, it, you know, it was a game within itself. It wasn't really a game that that had a lasting uh, uh, that had a lasting impact. Um, so, you know, I wanted to try to avoid that and try to find games that I that that, that like I say I think kind of defined that, that the era that they were in and then had uh, ramifications going forwards as well.
0: Yeah, I think this was, um, y- you mentioned kind of the lack of, of sort of historical look at stuff. And um, I, I, especially in a game as direct as basketball, it seems like often lose sight of how we got here. Um, this was certainly something that I delved into a little in my book, but I was, you know, specifically looking at the rise of the three-pointer, and it's just yes. the 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 sort of, the, the very narrow way of looking at it is like, oh, Daryl Morey and Steph Curry ruined the NBA. And in, and in reality, it's sort of the confluence of, you know, a number of different factors that led to us where we are. Um, and, and that's I think that's that's what I in your book is that you're sort of picking out these strands of this is where it all started, um, like literally from the 24 second shot clock.
1: Yeah, I, you know and, and and that's a that's that's a good one because I I I think you kind of take it for granted uh you know that the 24 second clock came in in, in 1954 uh, and it's been a twenty four that's really hasn't been uh adjusted at all uh, ever since it's 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 just it is what it is it 's twenty four seconds um and uh and and it's always been that way since they uh since since they brought it in since Danny Baezoni, uh who gets the credit for it uh brought it in uh, at, at that time so uh yeah you know it's um it, but you start there and 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 you got to realize what the game was at the time when they when they made that rule. And that it probably wasn't going to survive as a professional league if they hadn't done that. So that's probably the most dramatic game in terms of in terms of where we are today. Is is you know this we probably wouldn't have an NBA at all uh, if they hadn't started with that twenty four second clock. So um, yeah, I I think to see where the game is now, I think you do need that kind of context. I that.
0: That particular game feels almost like, like, like I don't know, a parable or a metaphor to sort of remind the powers that be that you know, we've always made decisions, uh, you know, making the game an inter- uh, a more entertaining, appealing product. And um this is this is you know, people who've listened to me for a while can can hear the soapbox coming out, but a lot of mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. rule stuff they a lot of the rule stuff that is implemented seems like it is Sort of narrowly focus on a problem and not maybe loses sight of the we're making a TV show here aspect of it
1: and- yeah yeah, and and you know the, the game it was starting to get on TV at that time and and it, it, what was happening was uh, you know they were putting these games on TV and, and you'd have coaches that would get you know a 12 point lead. And they just sit on the ball, you know. I mean, you didn't have to do anything. So uh, the, the the defense had no choice but to go out and foul them, uh, and the fouls would get progressively more aggressive, uh, and then the, and then the offensive team would start. And it became like these brawls, and they were putting this on national TV. And this was this was the NBA, uh, and it was not at all what they what they wanted to be showing. So uh, yeah, you know, I mean. It, coaches at the time would say, well, this is the strategy that works. You want me to win games this is what I'm doing. Uh, but, you know, you needed some, some of the owners to step back and say, uh, you know what, actually you can, you can win all the games you want, but if we don't have a league then it doesn't matter. And, and uh, uh, so, yeah, it was uh, uh, there is, there's definitely uh, uh, an entertainment aspect here. Uh, and, and that was probably the, the hardest lesson is that, you know, man, these games were ugly uh, and they had to find a way to clean them up.
0: I, it's also interesting that that it's you know in in the fifties there was a similar problem to today is that like oh you got to worry about the spirit of of everything and, and competition and what's best for the game and the and the coaches and players are like screw you I'm trying to win so, yeah <laughs> like, right. like and it's just and I think that's just a
1: lesson that that, that it was ever thus
0: that, yeah you know, yeah it's, and it's, it's
1: funny in that in that first game. Uh, you know, it was on national TV that that opening game in uh, October 30th, 1954 with the Celtics and, and the Rochester Royals. And, um, you know, the commissioner was there and had a talk with Red Auerbach basically saying, hey, listen, uh, you got to cut up the profanity because Red Auerbach had uh, a notably uh, foul a foul tongue, and and so the commissioner said, "This is going to be on TV, so I don't want to hear any profanity. I don't want to see any of the the yelling and all the antics that he would usually get into." Uh, and so Red was, you know, well behaved. Uh, for most of the game, and then there was a terrible call at the end of the game and he absolutely lost it. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, you know, he still had coaches who, uh, even though they were trying to do the right thing in terms of helping the league, uh, in the end they they, they always reverted to uh, uh, to their true selves, and, and Red Auerbach was a good example of that. <laughs>
0: Uh, not, not that a coach would ever swear, or, or anything no, like of course yeah. not. <laughs> so there's no reason why we have seven second delay on uh, it. Um, so what were what were some of your other sort of lesser known games that that you decided to your favorites of kind of the lesser known games that you decided to include and and why?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think um, probably the one in, uh, uh, in in March 1975 when 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 Kareem Abdul Jabbar wanted to be traded. Uh, and he had a talk with the Bucks before the season started. Uh, you know, away from the media. Uh, you know, this was October seventy four, and 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 he wanted out. Uh, you know, he hated Milwaukee. He wanted to get out. He wanted to go to either Los Angeles, where he'd gone to college, obviously, or or New York, where he grew up. Um, and so there was this game, sort of in in, in late March, that uh, you know that uh, was was really a nondescript game. But a few days before that, you had uh, Marv Albert, who was then a, a, a radio announcer in uh, in New York reporting that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wanted out of Milwaukee and they wanted to go to either the Lakers. You know, he, he had the story. Uh, and so it just so happened that the Lakers, the next time the Bucks were at home, the Lakers were in town. Uh, and all of a sudden, Kareem's got to face all these questions. And I talked to Kareem about that uh, a, a couple of years ago, uh, about, you know, how he handled his trade demand and things like that compared to the way trade demands are now, of course. Uh, and, uh, and it was just really fascinating, you know, the way that it all, Uh, unfolded and of course uh, he did wind up getting the Knicks absolutely botched uh, the attempt to trade for him uh, and uh, and and he winds up in LA so that was definitely one I think the 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 other one that I think is kind of cool is is when um, when the uh, uh, Houston Rockets tanked before the 84 draft uh, because the the the, that really that really changed uh, the whole future of the NBA in terms of uh, who was going to wind up where? Where Hakeem Olajuwon wound up? Where Michael Jordan wound up? Where Charles Barkley wound up? Uh, you know that was that was a very consequential game, even though it was really a nothing game uh, at the end of the uh, uh, at the end of that '84 season. Uh, I just
0: I'm 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 smiling here just just thinking about the uh, how, how again my how things have changed. Uh, uh, someone reporting that a star wants out, and then the, the Knicks watching it like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Can you believe that?
0: Fifty Can years later, it? my how my how much something has uh, has, <laughs> has evolved. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's it's it, they're the, they're the 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 sort of the intentional trends that you're illustrating, and then there's the sort of the the humorous side trends, such as such as that 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 I, I found amusing. I there there were parts of the book I I grew up a, so of course I I um, am sort of well immersed sort of the the mythos and a lot of the the you know Bill Russell especially um I felt like i I felt like I had a ton that I hadn't known previously about Bill russell in 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 your chapter on on uh, on on one of their the championships
1: yeah that was that was the, the game seven of uh of the sixty nine finals and uh you know that team uh really was remarkable because you think of you know they win eleven championships in thirteen years and you got you know Bob of course you have Bill Russell, But you have Cousy and Frank Ramsey, uh, McCauley, guys like that, uh, Tommy Heinsohn. Uh, But by 1969, those guys were all gone. Uh, You know, it was Sam Jones and Bill Russell, and they were 33, 34 years old. And and that's that's really old in the NBA at that time. You know, most guys don't play that long. Uh, So it was those two guys, and then they still had John Havlicek. And other than that, they had, you know, Don Nelson, who had been cut by the Lakers. Uh, They had uh, Larry Siegfried, who had been... Uh, teaching school uh in Ohio uh and they had uh, uh Bailey Howell who was who they traded for you know a, a backup center uh from uh from Baltimore so um you know they had they had a lot of spare parts but it was Bill Russell who really kind of pulled that team together uh and 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 got them to to you know not to use a cliche but you know to really excel in their roles i mean they were all role players uh and and <laughs> they went you know they finished fourth that season uh but they went and they uh Uh, And they beat, uh, you know, Elton Baylor, Jerry West, and Will Chamberlain uh, in the NBA Finals in seven games, and after being down two nothing in that series. So that that team, you know, like I say, you think of that that whole group as being this big dynasty, but that team was different. That was not a dynasty team. That was a team that was very, very much an underdog and still managed to win. So yeah, that that the the more I got into that uh, into that whole series and into that whole season with the Celtics, it was uh, it, it was a really interesting year.
0: So moving into to sort of more modern times, um, you know, what what led you to the, which the trends you, you decided you wanted to pick out on? And I mean, I, I sort of feel like, you know, LeBron and Steph or and Steph as the avatar of three pointers were kind of musts. But were there were there some that ended kind of up on the cutting room floor? Or how did you you know, how did you decide to which what lens to look at sort of the more modern game?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean I think I definitely wanted uh to look at LeBron uh and Steph and and uh and and you know Kobe as well. Um you, you know and, and Dirk Nowitzki. Those those were you know as far as guys that 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 I covered, um you know those were guys that that I I really thought um you know have sort of a lasting impact on the NBA beyond uh you know whatever they've done in their career. So uh, you know those were guys that I was really looking at. Um, You know, obviously you can make a case for Shaq or somebody like that, Uh, but I I don't, like, look where the league is now, right? It's not, Shaq was an entity unto himself, but he didn't really have, uh, you know, he didn't really change the game um, in terms of of where it is now. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I I think those were the four guys in, in sort of modern times that I really wanted to get into. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think there's, there's some different angles that you can take on them, uh, you know, rather than the, 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 standard stuff that, uh, uh, you know, you know, that we've all, that we've all seen and read. Sure.
0: Well, so, I mean, the, the other part of that is, is there sort of, okay, I only had 12, what was 13?
1: Yeah. You know, 13 was probably, uh, Spencer Haywood. You know, I, I, I felt bad that I didn't, because I, I've gotten to know him over the years and, uh, and, you know, there was a great book, Gary Washburn and Mark Spears wrote uh, about uh, everything that he went through. Um, and, you know, he, uh, obviously uh, what 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 happened? The reason that I, I wound up cutting that is that it was much more uh, off the court stuff than on the court. And so that that that, that was that was why I wound up getting rid of it. But I really man, if I could have had 13 games, that would have been the 13th for sure.
0: But I, mean, I feel like that's—I mean—you you were talking about things in the development of the NBA that—that it's—it's a unpleasant, but I feel like that's a pretty important, uh, you know, part of the history of the NBA through like the late '70s and early '80s. Um, you know, I mean, like Haywood is only one player, of course, but I mean, I—I I th- I feel like that's sort of the always been the backdrop to the the, the Magic and Larry story, hasn't
1: it? Yeah. Right. Right, and I, I went back and forth on that, in, in terms of, and again, like it was just more about, you know, it's it's definitely in terms of how the NBA developed and 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 where it wound up, uh, it's definitely something that 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 should be in there. Uh, but like I said, I was I was kind of. The reason I dropped it was just that you know just because it's more it was the uh, you know the legal aspect there was all that uh rather than you know the development of the game on the floor so um yeah, you know i mean i i, I still wonder if I should have put it in there honestly i mean i still uh, I still question that, but uh uh but that that that's probably the the one thing that I was like, yeah geez, I probably should have got that in there
0: that's uh, you know I was just thinking about that i just read I read a Twitter thread the other day of. Uh, there was like an, uh, uh, a 19th century British historian who was uh, doing a history of like the Midlands and came up upon a bunch of like mis- misplaced historiography on like the, the origin of Hadrian's Walls. Like, well, that's not what the book is about. So I'll put in a footnote. Yeah. And the footnote ends up being 170 pages. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's sort of—I I feel like that's like the the stuff you couldn't say because it didn't it didn't
1: fit in. That 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 right, right. But but good. obviously it's it's germane to the story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I mean, you can have a lot of fun telling Spencer Hale's story too because uh, you know he likes to talk for one thing, and he's got he's got some uh some 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 really fascinating stories so I, I i i do wish i had uh uh put that in there but like i said i just found that i just in the end i just didn't see that it was something that 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 kind of uh affected the league that way
0: and i mean i guess if i was to to play the other side of it to 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 be your defense attorney i guess is, <laughs> is that that i mean it it does feel like that is like that was that is a sort of the the substance abuse how uh Issues were a backdrop of the league, but it doesn't feel like that's something that's especially relevant to today.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, it, it was something that was relevant in terms of the way that David Stern handled things when he took over. You know, I mean, that, that was something that that he really set out to clean up. I think it also, uh, you know, the, the substance abuse thing is interesting. And I, and I mentioned a little bit in the book uh, that it, it really did set the stage. For the the league and the union working together, which is something that is probably an underrated part of the the league's history as well, uh, that that it did become this sort of fifty fifty partnership um, in, in terms of how they split up the revenues, and that was that was that was you know that was an important part of because it made it it forced the players to have a buy in to what. To what the commission wanted to do, um, and uh, and and the drug policy was really the first part of that. That was that was where it started. Uh, you know, the stuff with the collective bargaining agreement and how they split up revenues, all that stuff came after that. Uh, but but getting together and working on a drug policy, uh, I think it was eighty two or eighty three. Um, you know, that was that was something that uh, uh, that was really vital to to kind of creating some trust between the union and the and the league and and and, and moving forward with that. Sure. Um I guess it's sort of a, a, another trend which
0: i mean you couldn't have written about this now because you know once is, a, is an anecdote to maybe the second is a trend is is now with the with 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 sarver um i we said we weren't going to talk about this, but it, i I guess it is germane <laughs> in that i mean it, it seems like the that the, the the clippers uh warriors playoff series um from uh that, that twenty oh man. I, uh, dates have lost all meaning to me. Is that 2014? Am I missing? Misrep- uh, yeah, yeah, um, right. And it seems like that would be, uh, like, I mean, that's a whole story unto itself, probably. I mean, there's liturg- yeah. literally a documentary about that now. But uh, yeah, um, so I don't know uh, if, if that's something no, that, yeah. And and
1: I, I I mentioned Ted Stepien in the book, uh, and and if there was ever an owner that that uh, you know was sort of vile in his personal beliefs and 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 worse in the way he ran his team, it was him. Uh, and the league did really good to try to get him out. Um, you know, he he, he was, uh, uh, you know, he was a, just a terrible, terrible owner. Said some awful things. Uh, but uh, you know, it was something where uh, at the time, you know, David Stern didn't feel like he had the power to get rid of the guy. So um, you know, it was eventually just the the bottoming out of the business that that forced him out. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that that that, that def- definitely does have an echo that goes back to uh, uh, Cleveland in the early '80s. So if you,
0: uh, another question I had about the book is I've, of, uh, have friends who tried to do some like, you know, stat keeping and, and, you know, generating metrics off of old games because the statistical record, I think this might be a, a big part of why we is, is, you know, the, the understanding of basketball kind of starts in like the mid seventies. It's like, Oh wait, we have offensive rebounds and steals and blocks now. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. How, were how were you able to, were you able to get, you know, archival footage and, and see not just like the games themselves you were, you were writing about, but sort of some of the, you know, because none of the chapters are, are really just about one game. So how much yeah. were you able to do to, you know, get back and just like see for yourself? Those, yeah. those kind of things
1: no i mean there's just not that's just not really a resource that's that's on hand very much you know so if it's if it's not online then you can't really uh, get to it and the best thing you've got to do is just you know if you can find people who were there and find people who uh uh you know are able to talk about it uh then that's that's really the best you can do is because uh um yeah a lot of the, those old games there's there's they're they're lost to history you know so um or you you just get uh you know really small uh, bits and pieces here. You know, it's not, it's not like, you know, I mean the, the, if you go to the basketball hall of fame and, and, and their research library, it's not, it's not like the, 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 the major league baseball's research library, you know, it's, it's, it's much different. So, um, yeah, there's just, there just isn't that, that sort of resource. You really got to find people who were there. Uh,
0: is that a, is that a, a, is that, especially for the older games where. The number of people that were there is dwindling just by the passage of time. Is that a a special challenge in terms of? Yeah, I don't really buy that. I know you're saying that, but I don't think that's actually how it happened.
1: Yeah, it is, and especially like if you're uh, when I was when I was researching things and and you know Red Auerbach for instance has a lot of quotes about about the the 24 second clock. Uh, and, and, you know, as I go back and research, I can see, well, well, he's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, so you can, you can see that, that, that some of the things that have been said over the years, uh, you know, that weren't really challenged. If you go back and look, then, uh, then a lot of it, uh, you know, you've got, you've got to really do as much as you can to find original sources and, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of day of game newspaper stuff, uh, that, that, that does show, uh, you know, what was really happening at the time.
0: It's, it's amazing how, how recollection can, can find a way to fit back's uh, most favorite narrator.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that happens a lot, right? I mean, that's, a, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it was almost as in, in some of them, it's almost as if, you know, they sort of settled on what the story's going to be and they all kind of repeated it and you go back and look, you say, well, that wasn't how it actually went.
0: <laughs> so of, of the entirety of the book, what was your, what was your favorite chapter to write?
1: You know, it was probably the. Well, um, I had a couple that I really liked. I, I really did enjoy doing the the '84 draft one uh, because I've 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 talked with Pat Williams, who was then the the GM uh, of the Sixers, uh, about it quite a bit. Um, and you know, there it was this whole thing where you know, of course, you know, Elajuan uh, goes one, uh, and uh, uh, Sam Bowie goes two, and Michael Jordan goes three. Um, but, but, you know, all that wasn't supposed to happen that way. You know, the Sixers had the Clippers pick uh, and, and they were, the, the Sixers were really, uh, they, they were like counting on having one of the top two picks. They used to flip. So you had the Eastern conference, Western conference, worst team in the East and the worst team in the West. They would flip a coin and that, that team would get the number one pick. Uh, the Sixers were were sure that they were going to have one of the top two picks because the Clippers were terrible that year. Uh, uh, but, but Houston, uh, they came along and decided they wanted Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, so they went nine and twenty-six to close the year. They were they were around a five hundred team, uh, and they completely just absolutely tanked. Uh, and so I've talked to Pat a lot about that, and 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 one of the things he said was if they had had one of the top two picks, they would have taken Michael Jordan. Um, you know, sort of a a little known fact, they had shopped. Uh, Dr. J, uh, you know, had a possible deal with the Clippers, uh, you know, that 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 was going on behind the scenes. Uh, and and that would kind of create Billy really Cunningham was a North Carolina guy. He loved Michael Jordan. Uh, so, you know, there was a good chance uh, up until like the last 10 games of the season, it looked like. Uh, there would be a good chance that the Sixers would get Michael Jordan, uh, and uh, and you just think about you know what 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 a different league it would be you know just how things would be different uh, if that had happened, um, and and you know it, it really it was just one game it was one night you know because the Clippers won a game that they should have lost, uh, and the Rockets uh, lost a game they should have won on the last night of the season, and that's what set everything up, and and it's just remarkable that two games that really don't matter that much you would think wound up being like huge <laughs> they wound up being huge in the, in in the formation of uh of the way the NBA went uh in the late 80s and 90s uh you know these 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 two games that you would think nothing of uh you know wound up being uh, uh, as important as they were that was probably my favorite it was really interesting and and as a result of that too by the way that's that that's where uh david stern came up with the uh uh with the uh, with the draft lottery which was originally called the rocket rule because nobody wanted to see teams tank the way the rockets did uh in the end of that
0: 84 season so uh, the lesson here is you don't want a rule named after you if you're an owner a, not, an owner or a team
1: it's not usually a good thing no
0: yeah i mean like the you know the, the if you're a player maybe like the bird like you know bird rule okay well we, yeah like yeah. that's for players because who the
1: are good an arenas rule right because yeah. he wanted to get paid somewhere else yeah
0: yeah um it's again, and and again it's uh, you know with a what seems like a, a pretty generational prospect uh likely at the top of next year's draft i don't know how much you've you've uh, you've seen or studied of of, of Victor Wembanyama but uh um again something that that you know happened 30 years ago and remains relevant today um uh one wonders how aggressive utah would have been in what they did this summer if if that hadn't been a potential, you know, carrot at the end of the end of the road,
1: yeah, that's right. And 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 you know, you also have uh, you know the tweaks that have been made to the lottery. I mean, you, if when the first was uh, was put into place, it was really done sort of uh, uh, you know the the GMs and the, and the owners really weren't ready for it when it when it when it came through it was sort of a surprise that David Stern brought it up at the board of governors meeting uh, and that they that it kind of had it rammed through um and and so at first it was you know every team in the lottery had the same chance to win the first pick uh and uh and it, you do wonder if that hadn't changed you know how that would change uh, uh the way teams approach uh, uh strategic losing let's call it uh you know it, it, it would obviously be much different your your approach
0: that would be it would be terrible but fascinating if yes. That, if right. that regime still existed at the same time as the play-in.
1: Yes. Right. with the play <laughs> as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like, okay. Well, I mean, you get, you get the Mark Madsen game in the, in, <laughs> in the play-in. <laughs> uh, that would probably, it's the kind of thing that would probably happen once and then get changed. But still, that would be... Yeah, right. That, right. that, would, that would be the height of dark comedy, I think. <laughs> I'd like to see it, though. <laughs> so, if... This is this is going to be an, an off the wall question, but uh, say ten years from now, uh, it's it, it suddenly becomes the history of the NBA in fourteen games. Obviously, mm. I'm not asking you to a, a game that happens in 2027. What uh, what do you think the trends are going to be? That, that I need a game to illustrate that, that mm. way. What what are the kinds of you're expecting to be like? The next thing we have to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know I I I I do wonder if we're getting toward a plateau uh in terms of the three-point shot if if uh you know the way that defenses and and switching has evolved uh is 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 going to kind of at least cause that to level off. Um and, and and maybe bring back a little bit more of uh, uh of the mid range or uh you know at least the elbow jumper and, and a little bit more of the post up. Um, you know, I, I do wonder if that's something that uh uh is potentially going to happen. So I that's I, I would look for that kind of game, I guess. Um Yeah, you know, that would probably be the main thing. I, I, I wonder too uh geez in five, ten years probably not enough time for expansion or, or international expansion definitely not uh but I wonder about that as well how that's going to uh change some things uh and then uh you know we'll see how paulo Benchero does maybe maybe he might be the uh, uh he might be the next guy who 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 deserves a chapter. sure
0: i th- well that's a um i guess that's a, a good enough way as any to to segue into to this upcoming season your your book is coming out on november 1st so we'll be about two weeks into the season, but uh having that off and you can, you know, I imagine a fair amount you, you are and will continue to be doing a fair amount of media about the book. Imagine you're also kind of getting ready for the upcoming season. Sure. Um What are you looking forward to?
1: Whoa, man. Well, I, I mentioned Paulo, I, you know, and, and, uh, I was at summer league and I really, uh didn't know what to expect but man i mean you know you could sometimes a guy just comes into summer league and you just tell that that okay this is this is this is why they did what they did and uh and he's definitely somebody who uh he's very uh, big struck, yeah struck he's that for me big.
0: he's very large uh was the he's very away large. from him yeah. from summer league
1: yeah he can pass too i mean you know yeah i was i was impressed with him so i'm, I'm curious to see uh what happens with him for sure um you know i i i i i would love to see the warriors uh continue to play with the way they did last year um you know i think that that uh what that team has done is uh uh you know they've 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 really gone about it and tried to do things the right way. I know they spend a lot of money, obviously, but they built their own stadium. They, I mean, you know, I mean, they, they, they made that investment. So, uh, you know, I, I got to give them some credit for that. So, uh, you know, I think that's, that's probably the most exciting thing is, is, is what the Warriors will do. Uh, I'm fascinated by that. Um, and, and of course, you know, I, I think uh, uh, Philadelphia is probably the other team that, that piques my interest most because, uh, you know, they've, they, they, they seem to try all these different things and they've, they've banged their heads against the wall, but they really haven't been able to, uh, you know, elevate themselves. And and I just wonder if now uh, they've finally done it. And if they don't, if it do, if this doesn't work, what, what, what could possibly be next? I don't know what they, what they could possibly do next.
0: Sure. Um, the A big one for me, and this is, this is maybe a little bit of uh of a, of a you know wrecking at a at a crash or something. It's, I'm wondering if we're at the beginning or maybe even the middle of the end for for LeBron as kind of um, as much because of situation, partially of his own doing, but as much because of situation as for the sort of inevitable decline of one's skills as one enters their late thirties and the fact that he's yeah. still
1: around in their late thirties is a testament. Yeah, it's a but, good question. I wonder what you think. Like if you. Like, I, 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 when I talk to people, I said, well, if LeBron's healthy and Anthony Davis is healthy, they have a chance that they always have a chance to win. Do you still think that's true? Do you still think that if both of those guys are, are healthy and they both play, let's say, 75 games, uh, are they a contender?
0: I, so I, did, when I was before last season, when I was doing like the the player tiers, I said, hey, this is, this is going to be the lit, like, somewhat of a litmus test of like, LeBron in that, uh, you know, to be like the top three, five player in the league, it kind of doesn't, it has to not really matter who you have around you. Your team is going to be pretty good. And dropping Westbrook in, like losing all of the shooting and spacing they had is sort of, you know, 10 years ago, LeBron would have made this work. Can he still? And even before kind of some of the injuries started to happen, well, not really. And so, I mean, like... Uh, is is a healthy LeBron, Even like, is he, is he, oh, you know, this might be controversial, but I don't think it should be. Healthy LeBron is not the best player in the league anymore.
1: Yeah. Is, right. is healthy
0: LeBron the fifth best player in the league? Is he the 10th best player in the league? Uh, yeah. I think there's a huge difference between those two. And so, um, and I think from Anthony Davis to say he is not, he is, you know, not in the, the the very tip top of players in the league either even healthy. So uh, barring you know, something else happening, it's hard to see them being especially relevant. I don't know necessarily think you'd like want to play them. Certainly in a play in situation you wouldn't want to, but I don't know how frightening they would be relative to like would you you know, would you rather play the Lakers or Denver in the playoffs? Would you rather play the Lakers or (laughs) you know, or the Suns? I mean I don't I don't think that's I, I I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where that's a hard call that makes in the Lakers face. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, even two years ago, uh, you know, when, when Dennis Schroeder was there the first time, they were good. I mean, you know, people forget that before they were, you know, when they, when they were actually healthy, when they were playing together, they were a good team. Uh, And, and, you know, a year later last year, I just, even if they were healthy, it just, it was hard to see where, where they were still good. I I think that, you know, you do hit a point. uh, Everybody does where there's going to be a drop-off. And I I agree with you. I think LeBron's at that point.
0: I mean, so it's a, it's a situation where if you just sort of, it's, it's a, it's an easy the funny, funny jokes, but if you were, if you, if you swapped out Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell Pope, how, like, how much better do you think, do you feel about this, the, the Lakers team, even if, even having said what we've said about LeBron and, and, uh, NAD. So it's, it's, and I think that, but that's, to me, that's an illustration of the decline that, yeah, if if you put the right pieces around still, then if you don't, it can get ugly fast. And I,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think that's where they are. I think we're, we're in the ugly fast stage of things. Yeah.
0: Um, anyone else you're, you're particularly interested in? I've, I'm fascinated by this season just because I think it's, it's you know, it's one of those things that people say, but I'm not sure they really mean every year. This feels like a super wide open year.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, you know, Brooklyn's the perfect example, right? I mean, if if you told me that they wind up in the NBA finals, I'd say, sure. If you told me that they missed the playoffs altogether, I'd say, yep, see that too. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it just like the talent level there uh, is, uh, is, is, is really – uh there's no question that, that they that they have the ability to win a championship. Uh but at the same time, you know, the chemistry things being what they are, they they could finish uh, out of it altogether. So yeah, I mean they're they're sort of like the, the poster child for the season. <laughs> I think there you could see you could see anything happening there, and you know you've got so many teams in the East that uh, uh, that, that 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 are potential NBA finals teams. Obviously, Celtics and uh, I mentioned the Sixers. Uh, you know the Bucks. I think uh, people kind of fall asleep on them and and and, and how good they are. Um, yeah, so I mean I think you've you've got four or five teams in the East, and and then uh, you know a handful uh, in the West. Phoenix can bounce back certainly. Uh, Golden State. Uh, you mentioned Denver, uh, and and I think not enough people talk about Clippers and and what they might look like uh, this year. So uh, yeah, you probably have you probably have realistically what nine, maybe ten teams that if they won the championship, you wouldn't be too surprised. That's that is pretty wide open.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you pro- I mean you just sort of because he has best player in the league equity, you have probably got to throw Dallas in there because of Luca, and you, you know and and the the Timberwolves. Uh, certainly could gel, and so it's it's, it's in Memphis. Suddenly, we're talking about twelve Memphis teams. We're, we're, we're suddenly talking about twelve teams. That would you be shocked? No, uh, and it and it really feels like in most seasons that number is like five.
1: So. Yeah. No. This is this is. Uh... This is David Stern's dream come true. This is the this is when they used to talk about system changes. This is the system that they wanted that that you could have uh start a season with like ten to fifteen teams realistically, even some small market ones, realistically having the ability to win a championship.
0: Um, so having talked a little bit about the teams at the top, and you mentioned that you're you're kind of fascinated by the the magic and, and bancaro, there is there any like sort of a team kind of in the middle that is that is like
1: they pique my interest. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say um, in the in the West, uh, you know, obviously there's Minnesota. You know, I want to see how they come together. Um, but but I'm always fascinated by the Sacramento Kings, and and I don't know why I have a sort of a morbid uh, fascination with them. Uh, you know, I remember going to their playoff games in the in the early 2000s, uh, and and there was nothing louder, nothing more intimidating than Arco arena uh, in those days. Uh, And, and so I've always, you know, I've always had a soft spot for Sacramento, uh, but then to just see how, you know, every year they find a different way to just screw things up and, and, and just not get to, not even get to the playoffs. It's a pretty low bar that they've set for themselves for success. Uh, and, uh, and and it's just, it, it's really fascinating. Uh, I don't know that they have uh, uh, enough this time around. I think they've got uh, a good defensive coach coaching uh, uh, guys who can't play very good defense. So I'm wondering how that's going to go. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Sacramento is probably the team that uh, over the years I'm, I'm continually fascinated by.
0: I mean that's a that's a good one. Um, sort of the uh, as the kings turn is yes, his, yeah, right. Um, I'm just I'm I'm you know I I'm I'm looking forward to wagging my finger at them saying you should have just drafted yes. Jaden Ivy, but uh, <laughs> but I, you know there's a you know there there's a there's a good chance that that they're very right very wrong about that. But until it happens, I'm gonna still yeah, my favorite right. guy in the draft
1: and how dare you. Um, yes, <laughs> but, <right. laughs> you you're offended, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, 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 what about you? Is there, is there a middle ranked team that, uh, that, that, that interests you?
0: I've, I've said this before. I kind of think that like, well, I mean, Jaden Ivy, so I kind of think the Pistons are going to be free. I'm a, I, am I have been and remain, um, a big fan of Cade Cunningham. I think that, mm-hmm. um, I, it was interesting. I had, uh, Kelsey Russo who covers, uh, the 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 calves for the athletic and Blake Murphy who uh covers the Raptors and everything else for for uh, uh Sportsnet and we are talking about like last year's rookie of the year race and I asked them which rookie of last year they thought was go- was had the like upside to be like a a franchise centerpiece guy and kind of their their you know Kelsey thought that that Mobley should be the 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 uh rookie of the mm-hmm. year and Blake thought it should be Scotty Barnes. They both said mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham was, was, so that's, I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's sort of a measure of, of kind of what, what people see in him to a degree. And I, so I, I think that, you know, with a training camp with some more talent around him, um, uh, with, you know, a very dynamic back by athletic court mate, um, uh, um, Jalen Duren's a yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Like they, it, it it almost surprised me that they didn't like make the one or two more moves with some of their cap space because, like, you know, we add a guy or two here. Maybe we're maybe we're in for a, a playing spot or better. But but you know, nothing wrong with being patient, especially with the uh, you know as top heavy as we've noted that there are right. so many teams at the top. But I'm I'm like I'm intrigued by them. I I think that they 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 might be. They might be decent, and the kind of thing that we're like people yeah. are going to start saying, "Give him a year." So that's the that's the sort of the, right. mid, the the middle level team that I'm sort of really excited about seeing.
1: Yeah, I guess, yeah, I, guess, I, I think,
0: yeah. Sorry, and and I, I was going to say, I guess the magic to um, Franz Wagner is going to go down as one of my all time draft. Um, he's good. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> and and if if is if, if good, that's that's a that's a that's a
1: that's a start of something that might be yeah. And they've got you know I mean they've got Mo Bamba who I think is a pretty good trade piece for him. And I I wonder what happens with Jonathan Isaac as well. You know don't forget that was supposed yeah. to be the face fr- of the franchise. So I I think they've got some they've got themselves pretty well set up here. Yeah.
0: So um before I, before I let you go, just if you want to uh, let people know, uh you know, your 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 kind of final elevator pitch for the book and where people can get it
1: yeah you know so it 's twelve games and uh and it's uh some games are surprising some games you might expect i think there's uh, a lot of uh personalities in there and maybe some stories that you haven 't heard before. Uh, about uh, uh, about the, the history of the league and and, and some of the guys that uh, uh, that you think you know you mentioned Bill Russell but you know Dirk is in there uh, certainly a lot of Michael Jordan um, and again you know maybe some 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 angles on those guys that you haven't seen before so uh, the the book will come out November first you can pre order uh, on Amazon uh, certainly would invite you to do so uh, and uh, and I think it's you know I think it's uh, uh, an accessible way to to, to to check out NBA history. I, I
0: would I would agree with you. it. It is ex- extremely readable. Um, puts puts people sort of in the moment in in sort of uh, some of the the better nor in narrative history that we that we've seen from. I, I won't name authors because yeah. <laughs> it's like break of the, breaks of the game. It's like you don't want to build things up too too much. But um, um, but I, I really enjoyed it and I was glad to to get get a preview copy of it uh, ahead of time and I encourage people to check it yeah. out um, and, and maybe even buy the paperback of my book at the same time um, there you go perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean thanks a lot for thanks a lot for joining I, uh, I really appreciate it and really enjoyed the book
1: well thank you Seth appreciate it all
0: right take care and take care everyone I will be back uh, either later this week or sometime next week with another episode of call and shots